What is up, profitable public speaking listeners? Mark DeBerry, the podcast, the coach here, helping people to launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts. And when we are on that stage, it could be very frightening. And one of the things we have to overcome to become successful speakers is that social anxiety factor, that fear of being on the stage. We're going to talk about how to do all that in this episode. The guest who joins us today, he is a radical undoing consultant, existential detective, and host of the Art of NGF podcast, as well as the CEO of Command Z. His clients have included everyone from psychotherapists and yoga teachers to highly successful martial artists, business owners, digital nomads, ex-soldiers, and consciousness adventurers. Our guest who joins us for this episode of Profitable Public Speaking is none other than Garrett Dawn. Garrett, it is such a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks a lot for having me, Mark. Garrett, I'm happy to have you on the Profitable Public Speaking Podcast. And social anxiety, fear of speaking, two really big things that kind of combine together, which really present that first big barrier for us to get on the stage. Once we get through those, it's definitely so much easier. But I'm wondering if you could share with us what are some things people can do to lessen the fear, to uh, be able to more confidently approach that stage. Well, there's two levels to this. One is the um, overcoming social anxiety and anxiety in general forever so that it's never something you have to deal with. But that's not something that's going to happen in 20 minutes or in one day. But I want to have an eye toward that at the same time as presenting the other side of it, which is what could you do right now if someone's listening to this today and then later today they have a a speech to give, what could they actually do that's going to make that easier, help them flow uh, better and make it an all around uh, better experience for the people listening and for the speaker. So those are the two levels of it that I see. And one of the simplest ways, uh, and this is without any extra preparation, without any uh, other exercises, which I'll mention later, uh, but it's to freak out on purpose. So feel the anxiety on purpose before you go up to speak. Mm. So if you had to speak in 10 minutes from now, you would take the fear and the anxiety that you're feeling about that speaking event and turn it up actually make it feel worse and more intense. So intensify the sense of anxiety, the sweaty palms, the butterflies in the stomach, the tightness in the throat, whatever it is, but to amplify and enhance that feeling deliberately before you go to speak. And that is an interesting strategy to release your emotions and just acknowledge what they are rather than try to bottle them up and try and be something that you are currently not. So it definitely is interesting when you mentioned, you know, freak out beforehand, but I'm wondering how do we turn on the switch? Like, I know it's not a complete turn on switch or like you're freaking out a few minutes before and then you're uh, speaking like perfectly confident, not freaking out at all. But how do we turn that switch on a little bit? So it's like, we're not freaking out as we're walking on the stage, we're not freaking out as we're about to say our first word, but we do freak out beforehand. Well, that's what's really fascinating about this tactic. There's a lot of things that uh, happen under the surface that might not be immediately evident, which is instead of you being a victim of 
the feelings that are going on before you go to speak. And then you're sitting there trying to calm yourself down, trying to turn off the anxiety, which then it just bleeds over into the speaking event. Instead, what you're doing is setting aside this five minutes to feel, first of all, everything that's going on. And now that you've decided to set aside the five minutes for the anxiety, you're not identified with the anxiety any longer. You are the thing doing the observing, which is always calm, always present, always aware, and can say, oh, okay, now the body is feeling these things. That's totally normal. That's totally natural. So now it's made it okay to feel those things. Whereas if you get on stage and you're feeling it, you're, you're adding a layer of judgment to yourself before you even get started. I shouldn't be feeling all these things, but I am. And now I'm fighting against those, which generates more anxiety. So instead you're saying, I'm going to set aside five minutes and just sit here and feel all these, all this anxiety, notice what's going on in the body. So instead of the interpretations of, oh, I'm such an idiot, or I can't believe I did this, or I need to get sick and go home. You're just allowing the body to express those feelings. Uh, interesting thing about it is the fear of public speaking. One of the aspects of it is that the mind is telling you, you can do this and you're going to succeed at it. And the reason all the fears are coming into the screen of the conscious mind is because you are venting out the fears. So they're appearing on the screen of the conscious mind, but not because you're going to fail and not as a uh, prophetic vision of your upcoming failure, but actually the mind and body are releasing the fears. So when they appear on the screen of the mind, you can know, oh, this, is, this means I can do this. It's the unconscious mind telling you, you will do fine. And I like how Garrett mentioned, you know, only give yourself like five minutes to experience these emotions. And if you do suppress them, they're just going to build up and you don't want them to build up while you're on the stage. So give yourself five minutes to really feel them, really acknowledge them, really let them out. And then after those five minutes are up, you're okay with it and you're able to just move on and go on the stage. Do you recommend any other exercises for people who want to? Uh, be able to better cope with their anxiety and just be able to get rid of it overall. Yeah, exa uh, yes. These exercises will help you. I, I don't like the word cope because it's commonly used. It implies that the anxiety is going to be a permanent thing and that you're just going to learn to manage it. And of course, those are, are, are often psychiatric and psychological approaches where the problem is assumed to just uh, exist from now until forever. But in order to deal with the intensity of them in the moment, these exercises will work for that. But also over time with repetition, these exercises will diminish the level of anxiety that you experience and also raise your anxiety tolerance, meaning you can have that same level or greater of intensity of, of feeling inside you, but it won't affect your behavior. So you're raising the uh, anxiety tolerance over time. And those exercises are one I, I call a simple twist of face, kind of like the Bob Dylan song. And it's just slow, deliberate face stretching and adding a lot of intensity to each of the movements. So you move everything from the forehead, the eyebrows, the eyes looking in different directions, nostrils, cheeks, lips, tongue, and jaw everything very slowly 
and deliberately with a lot of intensity while you breathe. And I have videos of that on the YouTube. It's youtube.com slash radical undoing. Uh, there's a, a, a bunch of different, different exercises there, but the face stretches should be repeated multiple times there. You do that three times a day or right before going to speak. This is going to relax all your facial muscles, which a huge proportion of your brain matter is monitoring. And when it sees or feels that there's uh, tightness and restriction in the face, it interprets that as there is something to be afraid of. So then it tells the body, oh, there is something to be afraid of. How do you know? Because the face is tight. So then it sends signals of stress through the entire system, reacting as if those imagined fears are real. So by stretching the face, the brain will then monitor the face and say, uh, the facial muscles are relaxed. Therefore, the rest of the body can relax because there's nothing going on. And it's really interesting how different, like so many different parts of your body, like, you know, your face, your jaw and all these different parts, the way they feel sends signals to your brain for how you're supposed to feel. And just being able to tweak these different things, we will be including a link to Garrett's YouTube channel, the show notes, you could explore this even more. But just like the facial cues, the body language and all the ways that you feel there really impacts how you feel on the stage, whether you're a little uh, fearful or you're confident when it comes to you being on that stage. And I mean, the facial thing is definitely very interesting. And I do feel like there are some people who like, really, this anxiety, this fear is the thing that keeps them from either getting on the stage for the first time or really going into public speaking on the next level. So what advice would you have for those people who um, are maybe right now letting their fear hinder their ability to advance as a public speaker? Yeah, well, I do. A, I just did a recent um, four-day mutant survival challenge. That's what I call the people I work with and myself, mutants, because uh, if you become present and aware and functioning at a higher level in life, it's very much like you are a mutant with powers. If you've overcome anxiety, overcome depression forever and know that to be true, uh, there's a certain sense of separation from the people who spend their life in service of their own fears and, and complaining and commiserating with each other. And it's not to demean them, it's just to point out that there is a big difference from functioning on that level versus something higher. Um, what I would say is uh, I did set aside uh, three exercises that I thought would be particularly useful for public speaking. Uh, you can also practice with your friends and, and uh, by going live on something like Facebook or YouTube and even just deleting it if it got messed up. So there's not that you don't have that much skin in the game, but you actually get to practice at just being in front of a camera, in front of an audience, but in the safety of your own house. The exercises, uh, number one, like I said, is the face. And this is something you can use before a date, before a business meeting, before you could use it before every podcast, just to get totally clear, clear out your mind of anything, and then feel that deeper sense of relaxation. A cool side effect is it'll also put you more in tune with your audience and their reactions, especially in a live setting face-to-face uh, -face with people is uh, by not carrying around the tensions in your face and the correlating conflicts in the mind that hold those in place, you're now present. You're actually showing up there and you'll be able to feel 
automatically and intuitively the reactions of the audience and your delivery will automatically be more in tune with that audience rather than you just being in your mind and uh, doing a contrived speech to the audience. You'll actually be more in tune with their reactions and then be able to adapt as you go. Uh, kind of like you're, you do in a normal conversation with friends. You're seeing their face, you're hearing their tone, you're noting their reactions. Uh, so the face, the huge one for anything in life, before a test to before any big uh, experience, you can get rid of the debris from the previous experiences. So you had a fight with your girlfriend and you have to go to a job interview. You're not going to go to the job interview wearing the reactions to the fight on your face, for an example. The next one is uh, shoulders to ears, or I call it Atlas Shrugged, and the idea being that you're shrugging the world off your shoulders. You realize you're not responsible for how people react to you. You're only responsible for yourself. And so you pull the shoulders up to your ears with a lot of uh, tension, make it very, very tight, and it's a dynamic exercise. So you continue throughout an entire minute or two, pulling the shoulders up toward the ears, and hold them there while you breathe smoothly and deeply. And then after the minute is over, you take a full inhalation and then say ah and ah, thrust the shoulders down uh, with some force. Now, if you do that for a full minute or two, you're gonna feel a ton of relief in the neck and shoulders and you'll realize that even though you weren't aware of it, you were already somewhat tense in the shoulders, especially if it's right before a speaking gig and you're nervous, you're going to notice, oh man, my shoulders were way up. Now again, the brain is monitoring this shoulder area and if the shoulders are, are tense, the brain interprets that as there's an emergency. So a lot of people are living in a constant state of emergency, but they've, been, they've become familiar with it and used to it so they're actually operating at lower capacity all the time, but they don't know any better. So they, they're completely unaware of it. So this exercise will make you aware of it. And with repetition, so every morning, every night, over the course of a month, you'll start to carry less and less chronic tension in the shoulders and be aware when the tension starts to happen. And Garrett brings up a really great point where a lot of this stuff, like you barely really feel it until you act on it. Like the tense shoulders, like you wouldn't really feel it or think they're tense until you really lean them back to it around your ears. And then, oh, wow, like that was, I was actually feeling really intense there. So there are certainly like little things that really uh, add up to uh, stress and fear that we, if we acknowledge these little things, then it's easier to push back some of the past events and, uh, you know, not feel them in the moment and truly live in the moment rather than just thinking about stuff in the past or thinking about what is to come. And you did mention it's kind of like a mutant power to be in the present. So I'm wondering if you share those, how can we truly be present rather than thinking of like the future speak gig or like the past uh, encounter or anything that pretty much is not the present? Well, uh, it's so funny uh, to talk about this, uh, although I do it a lot, because I understand that people have an idea of being in the present, and that's not the same as being in the present, but when you talk about it, you can never know, is this person just interpreting this on the idea level? So there's an, a deeper issue at play, which is we've been trained to live our entire lives in the mind 
And it takes a long time to receive that training. It happens in school, but it's not necessarily deliberate or some conspiracy. It just kind of happens that we get trained to prioritize secondhand information and stories and books and history books and ideas and speeches and all this stuff. We get trained to prioritize that over our direct experience. And if you think of the way we're trained to write for uh, academic writing, you can never say your own point, your own experience. You have to back up all of your points with something someone else has written. That's useful in an academic context, but that's not useful in interpreting your life. But the way that plays out is we end up thinking we need the advice of experts and we need uh, to learn from teachers all the time. We need to put other people above us that our direct experience is not our own teacher. Mm-hmm. But authors like Thoreau or Walt Whitman have, have expressed and have pointed out that nature and not just the woods, of course, the woods are amazing, but not just wilderness, but nature itself, meaning everything in the flow of your direct experience is constantly teaching you. Is constantly giving you data and information. So one of the deeper goals with all of, all of this work that I do is to shift that priority back to your direct experience is your number one source of information in life. And then it can be, um, it can be added to, it can be uh, informed by stories from other people, uh, books and information, but all of that is then filtered through your direct experience. So you'll know what teachers are, are garbage or what information is based in reality because you'll be, you'll, you'll be evaluating it through the lens of your direct bodily experience. Now that happens over time. That's a switch that takes place. If you do things like this face exercise, like the shoulders, to do those exercises, you have to become present uh, to the body simply because you're actually using the neocortex, the human part of the brain, to, to tell the body to do something. So in order for that to take place, you have to be in real time. A hack, uh, uh, it's, it's so bizarre, it sounds so simple, but when I actually understood it, it was uh, utterly profound. It, you, in order to become present and know that you're present, shift your attention to the sounds in the space around you. Because sounds are happening in the now. Thoughts are happening, I don't even know where thoughts are happening, we don't even know where they come from. But thoughts are always about the past or about the future. They're never about the present. So stop trusting the thoughts, which just means doubt every thought. Don't let it guide you. Don't let it be your master. And then tune into the sounds around you. You can just do it right now for 30 seconds. Just listen. I hear the hum of the heater. Um, I can hear even some parts of my own body functions. I can hear the speaker, you know, the, the sound coming through from your mic. Uh, people listening to this can hear our voices, but not thinking about them, but just hearing the act. The act of hearing itself takes place in the present. So if you find yourself drifting into thoughts or fears of the future or regrets of the past or rumination, just become aware of the sounds that are happening and it instantly puts you in the present. It's not some big magical mystical moment or anything. It's just what, what is. Uh, we've just gotten used to believing the thoughts. So taking the sting out of those thoughts uh, can happen just by becoming aware of the sounds around you. Yeah, and I mean, just this idea of actually being present instead of just like the idea of being present. Because, you know, if you're thinking thoughts, like you're kind of, you're not really listening to the different things that are actually happening. And actually being in the present, like truly being in the present is a great way to just slow things down to, uh, really be able to, when you go back to thinking, just like 
think like better thoughts, like think in a more calculated way because we can move so quickly in the hustle and bustle and we think so many different thoughts in a given day. But if you do take the time to listen to the different things, uh, Garrett mentioned a few of those things you could listen to right now. You've got different environment based on when you're listening to this, where you're listening to this. Um, but you know, just listen to some of those things and really just let nature, let the environment, let yourself really tune into that because that's going to slow things down. Uh, which I feel like a lot of the stress and, uh, anxiety and fear is caused because we do speed things up, whether with our actions or our thoughts, like we jump to conclusions or we think about some future outcome and then another future outcome, then another future outcome or all these different past things, just really be in the present as Garrett is mentioning and just listen to like the different things that are happening rather than let your thoughts go on an endless race. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you, know, you you never have to be a slave to the thoughts. It's just, you just got to get used to functioning uh, on a different level. And one of the exercises, the, the third one that I wanted to mention is called uh, what's going to happen to me. Hmm. And uh, you set a timer for five minutes and you, uh, and I think I will redo a demonstration of this and put it up because I realize it's been a while. It's only in the private trainings. Uh, but you set a timer for five minutes. And then you stand up and you pace around the room and get generate as much worry as you can. So this could be easy to do this before the a speaking gig. And you pace around and say, oh, my God, what's going to happen to me? What if this doesn't happen? What if I mess this up? Oh, my God. Just speak out loud all the thoughts that are yours. You don't have to say what I say. But any worried thoughts and look down, you know, do overdo the body uh, expression of worry and put the physiology into it. Oh my God, what is going to happen to me? Oh man, what if it doesn't happen? You know, really get into it and alternate that every minute with getting excited. So then a minute has passed. Now you get excited. You go, oh, yes. Woohoo. All right. I am so excited. Oh man, I'm going to kill it. Yes. You know, and just get super worked up with excited anticipation and then alternate back again. I have another minute. Oh my God. What's going to happen to me? Oh, what if it doesn't happen? No, I cannot believe this. You know, and just deep into that, then another minute, back to the excitement, back to the what's going to happen. So you alternate back and forth for the full five minutes. And uh, what's so funny about this, uh, and a lot of clients have reported this to me as well, is I, I tell them to do that exercise. And they're like, they said in their minds, they're thinking, no, but I need a real solution to this situation. I, I have to have. I have to figure this out. I can't be doing some silly exercise. I'm like, just do the exercise. As soon as they finish the exercise, the solution pops into their head. They go, oh, okay. Now I didn't even think of this. The worry was blocking their ability to see the clear solution to the situation. Or they realized there was nothing to worry about at all. Or they, they realized that it's just not that big of a deal, the worst thing that could happen, even if it does happen. So it takes, it, it stirs up the physiology and there's no way that the mind can grasp what that exercise is doing while it's doing it. So this is somewhat of an act of faith that you have to just put your body into this and treat it like you're a scientist and observe your results. And if it, you find that it has goodness, then, then you have a reason to repeat that exercise over time. And over time, it's going to take the sting out of all kinds of worry. And it's also going to provide you new insights, relax, 
relaxation and a fresh perspective on what's going on. And for people who may be wondering if that exercise works, I mean, just think like, you know, Garrett has clients who go to him and they say this exercise works. So uh, if you're on that boat of like you fear public speaking, it may be a good exercise that uh, is worth trying for you in those facial exercises. Uh, there are like, I believe there are videos on Garrett's YouTube channel, which we are linking in the show notes on some of that stuff, more educational insights. So we will be linking to that. Uh, but I'm wondering, Garrett, if you want us to link to anything else in the show notes so we could continue to follow your work. Yeah, um, well, you can find a lot of entry points in at radicalundoing.com. Uh, and I will be, I believe the YouTube is linked there, but I just rebuilt the whole site. So, uh, the YouTube might be missing, but that's easy enough to find youtube.com slash radical undoing. And then the art of NGF podcast, which is available on Spotify and on uh, iTunes and probably anywhere else where the, uh, podcast gets syndicated. And then, uh, if people want to add me on Facebook, it's Garrett Dawn, uh, D-A-U-N, and then from there, I can add you into our uh, Academy for Mutant uh, Evolution and Training. That's a, a Facebook group. So I can actually send you those links, Mark, uh, if that's useful. And people can find them in the show notes. So whatever level you want to get involved with, you know, if you want to just try out the exercises on YouTube and listen to the podcast, great. If you want to uh, communicate with me and I can help personalize some of this for you because it's organic. This is dealing with real bodies, real humans. So none of this is a robotic system, but it, it's, it's how it adapts to you and your direct physical life. Uh, then you add me on Facebook or you want to get into some of the mutant uh, survival training that's in the, in the group. So lots of different ways to get involved. Well, Garrett, we'll definitely have all those links in the show notes for this episode. But once again, thank you so much for joining us on the Profitable Public Speaking Podcast. It was such a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks a lot, man. It was really great to connect with you.